Well, good morning, everyone. My gosh, we have a packed house here today. Good morning to those of you in our video service. Look forward to being back with you next week. To those of you who might be watching from home or from the sidelines of a soccer game, thanks for joining us online. If you have your Bibles, we're in Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33 is where we're going to hang out in our Bible study time. If you say, I don't know where that is, just start in the front. First book of the Bible, Genesis. Second one is Exodus, much closer to the front than the back. Reach in your bulletin and pull out all your Bible study materials so that you can follow along or fire up your Journey Church International app. That'll allow everything that we say to be emailed to you. I want to say this. If you do not normally take notes on the app and you lose all the paper notes you take, figure out this series, how to keep what you're recording. Because this series is not just going to be powerful for you one Sunday at a time. It's not just going to be powerful for you within the course of this series. I think you're going to learn in this new series things that six months from now, six years from now, you're going to have to pull out these notes and say, what is the answer to that question that I am going to get asked? Because we're beginning a brand new series today called Foundations. Why I can trust the Bible. Why you can trust the Bible. We're going to have five conversations over the next five weeks that help us, for those of us who are Christians, understand why we believe the Bible actually came from God and is the word of God. If you're in here today and you're not a Christian or you're watching online or at our video teaching service and you're not a Christian, thank you for being here. You are always welcome at our church on Sunday morning to sit, to learn, to ask questions, to live you and your family on our spiritual community. But I hope even if you're not a, a Christian, the next five weeks, you will hear why we believe what we believe about the Bible. But if you are a Christian, I don't know of any more important series for you in the year 2019 heading into 2020 um, that, that would be more important for your faith than this one because of the conversations that we're having. Not just the conversations that we're having in church, but the conversations we're having in the real world. Here are the conversations we are going to have the next five weeks at Journey that I want to make sure you're a part of. If you're here, be at church. If you're out of town, watch online. We're going to try to answer this question today. What is the purpose of the Bible? What is the purpose of the Bible? That's a, that's a question probably Christians ask from time to time. Next week, we're going to have this conversation. How do we know the Bible really came from God? Not just a question that Christians need to, to know the answer to, a question that Christians be, need to be able to answer for other people. In three weeks, we'll have this conversation. Is the Bible we have today the same one as the one that was originally written? How do we know it hasn't changed so dramatically in 2,000 years, 3,000 years, 4,000 years that what we read today, how, how do we know it's not totally different than what God actually intended to give us? In the fourth week, we're, we're going to ask this question. Is the Bible written to us today? Or was it written to the people who lived thousands of years ago? Was it written to them then? Or is it actually for us now? As a follower of Jesus, you have to be able to answer that question for your own faith. You should be able to answer that question for your friends. And then our last week, does the Bible still have spiritual authority today? Did God really mean what he said then? And did he mean it would apply to 2019 and 2020 and 2025? These are important conversations to have for Christians and they're important conversations for Christians to be able to have with the world who doesn't yet know Jesus. If you're here and you're not a Christian, my, my hope the next five weeks is not really to convince you of anything, but to show you some things that would just make you study a little harder. To maybe dig to the second layer of questions about our faith and why we believe what you believe. So we can have a discussion about why you believe what you believe. Today we have two goals. Here's the two goals as we kind of jump head first into this series. Number one, we want to lay the foundation of why God revealed himself in Scripture. 
the argument will kind of go like this. If, if there was a God, if there really was a God who really created people to live in relationship with them, would he tell them or would he hide that from them? If there was a God who really created humanity so that he could enjoy relationship with them, wouldn't he tell them that and not hide that from them? So we're going to look at why, why God revealed his plan. And then number two, we're going to lay the foundation for why the Bible should be important to you. You say, I just got Jesus. I don't need anything more. You're right from a salvation perspective. But from a spiritual growth discipleship perspective, from following Jesus and becoming who he, who he wants you to be, you need the direction that he gave you. So every time we jump into scripture, this is the point in the service where we hope a transition takes place. When we read the Bible... It's my prayer as a pastor that when we read the Bible, you stop listening to me. You start listening to God. This is his word. I'm just going to try to teach some key concepts of it. So would you just uh, bow your heads with me here and in our video teaching service? Would you take a deep breath? Clear the clutter of last week if you can. Ignore the to-do list of this upcoming week if you can. And in this moment, just in these moments, give God your full attention. If you're a praying person from your heart to heaven right now, whisper this prayer. Ask God to speak to you today and to tell you what he wants you to hear. Tell him if, if he will do that, you'll do your best to, to try to do what he tells you to do. God, we know that every time the people of God study the word of God, the spirit of God has the opportunity to breathe life into it and make it alive in our lives. Let that happen today as we study why we can trust the Bible. We love you. We see things in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So we're going to jump into Exodus 33. Let me set up the conversation that Moses is going to have with God before we do. About 4,000 years ago, roughly 4,000 years ago, for those of you who really love to dig into the Bible, probably about 3,860 years ago, if we count the numbers that they give us, a man named Jacob moved to Egypt with 70 of his family members. By that point in his life, some people called him Jacob, some people called him to Israel. He moved his family there because God had promised his, his grandpa, named Abraham, that their family was going like, to become this huge nation was, that was going to bless the world. But at that point in time, they were living in a famine, in a drought. They were going to survive another decade, much less forever and bless the world. So he moved to Egypt where his son Joseph lived. And for 430 years, that family grew and eventually became the slave labor in the booming economy of Egypt. After 400 years or so, they got tired of it. Think about that, living in slavery just because of the family you were born into for, for more than 400 years, longer than America has been a nation. Finally, they got fed up and they said, God, can you, can you help us out here? At the exact same time, they were getting fed up. There was a shepherd roaming around in the desert by the name of Moses who was having the same conversation with God. God, it doesn't seem right how people are being treated who it appears that you love. Can you do something about this? And as he's watching his sheep, uh, he sees a, a bush that's on fire, but it doesn't appear to go away. He goes up. God speaks to him out of the bush and said, the people um, are praying. They went out of slavery. Moses says, I agree. And God says, go help them. Through a long series of events, Moses reconnects with his older brother. Um, and they go to the king of Egypt. Moses had been adopted by the Pharaoh's family years earlier. He probably knew everyone in the Pharaoh's household. And he said, hey, God says it's time to go. This family that had this extended family reunion 430 years ago is now a, a slave labor force of more than 2 million people. But God said, it's time for us to go fulfill our destiny and purpose back home. It's time for us to go home. Pharaoh said, no. God sent 10 plagues. Pharaoh said, yes. They got to the edge of the Red Sea. Pharaoh said, no. God split the Red Sea. Pharaoh ran through it. God killed he and all his army. And the, these people find themselves in the wilderness 
without any food, without any water. They think, well, I think God brought us out here to die. They end up eating food from heaven. They drink water from rocks. God appears to them on a mountain. But while God is trying to help them understand who he is and what they're doing, the people think, you know what? We, we can't see God. We don't know who he is. We don't know what his plans are. So let's, let's make up our own gods. They ask Moses' older brother, Aaron, can you help us figure out how to make other gods? Aaron says, yeah, I can. He makes them some calves, some golden calves. And he said, these are, these are the people we'll follow to the promised land. All the while, Moses is on the mountain with God, trying to figure out how to live for God. Moses comes down the mountain, throws down the Ten Commandments, breaks them, and thinks God's going to kill us all. He goes back up the mountain, because God says, go ahead to the promised land. I just don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm I'm sick of the people of Israel. And Moses has this conversation with him in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 12, that is the jumping off point for us today of why God would reveal himself in Scripture. What does he say? Look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord... You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know who you're going to send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your way so that I might know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. I'll give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, we don't want to go. Don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, show me your glory. Moses is on the mountain with God trying to figure out which end is up. The people that he's leading are beginning to rebel. His brother, who's kind of his right hand in ministry, is kind of flipped out. God has said, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but go ahead. And Moses goes up on the mountain and says, I can't move unless I know more about you. And God says, all right, take out your pen. And many biblical scholars believe this is when God uttered the words, in the beginning, Moses, start writing. God says, I can't keep moving if you don't tell me more about yourself. And God says, all right, get your pen. In the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth. And God begins to unpack the story to Moses on the mountain of God of the, the story of redemptive history, the story of creation, the story of his love for people, the, the story of sin that has to be punished but will later be forgiven. He begins to unpack this story that leads Moses up to his lifetime and then so go, says, go tell the people, this is who I am, this is who they are, and this is my plan for the world. As we hear that story begin to unfold the next five weeks of who God is and why he has revealed himself, We see two key truths that we want to learn today. The first is this. What do we need to know about the Bible? Here's the first big thing. You need to know the Bible is God's revealing of himself and his plan. What do we need to know about the Bible? I'm a follower of Jesus. What's what's the big idea of the Bible? The Bible is God's revealing of himself and his plan. Let me ask you a question. It's a yes, no question. Do you want to know God? Yes or no? Okay. Okay. I was hoping there'd be more of you. So I'm going to try again, just in case maybe like you were checking the royal score and you, and you were like, you weren't listening. It's a yes, no question. We'll just start from the beginning. We'll rewind it. It's a yes, no question. Do you want to know God? Yes or no? Yes. yes. You can't do it without the Bible. The Bible is the revealing of himself and his plan. Look at Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 and 13. Watch what Moses does. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people but you've not let me know who you're going to send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. God, if that's true, if you're pleased with me, teach me 
Teach me your ways so that I can know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, this nation is your people. Moses made this very bold, very blunt statement to God. God, you know us. We don't know you. You know what you're doing with us. We don't know why you're doing it with us. God, you said we're your people. Help me understand that more deeply. You know us. We don't know you. Have you ever felt that way spiritually? I feel like God knows everything about me. I wish I knew more about him. Have you ever felt that way relationally? Have you ever had somebody come up and talk to you and it's very clear they know who you are, but you cannot remember who they are? Have you, like, have you ever had that happen? In church, we call them brother and sister because it sounds spiritual, but what that means is I can't remember your name right now. In the workplace, we call them sir or ma'am or bro or hey or whatever. It's, like, it's a very, very uncomfortable moment. I, I, I feel like every now and then, I have people who know everything about my life and I know very little about theirs. Um, I'm, I'm not on social media. Uh, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm ADD, I'm OCD, if it has initials, I'm probably it. And I, I, get, I get distracted, man, I get distracted. And I remember everything. So like if I start scrolling on social media, not only will I, know, will, I, will I seek to find out everything about your life, but then I'll remember it all and it'll bother me. It'll distract me, especially if you've got distracting things going on in your life. So, so I'm not on it. But everyone around me is. And every now and then someone will come up to me and say, man, I saw your son play great at the baseball game yesterday. And I'll think, how, 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 do, you, how do you know that? Oh, your wife posted about it on social media. Oh, okay, that's good. Or they'll come up to me and say, man, you know, it looks like y'all had a great trip to Colorado. And I'll say, how'd, how'd, you, how'd you know I was in Colorado? Oh, your kids posted about it, well, you know, from, from the trip. I'll say, oh, okay. Or someone will come up to me and they'll like, hey, how was Krispy Kreme yesterday? <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I think, I think you should have to sign a waiver for somebody to be able to tag you in something when they don't know you're tagging. Like, don't you agree? It's like... How'd you know I was at Krispy Kreme yesterday? Because someone at church posted, saw my pastor at Krispy Kreme this morning. Like, listen, I don't want my trainer to know that. Like, don't, don't put me in your Krispy Kreme post. Say, Christian, you have a trainer? Of course I don't have a trainer. But if I did, if I did, I would not want him to know I was like eating Krispy Kreme. Right? Like, every now and then, it's like, you know me, I, I don't know you. Right? It's like that 1984 song by Rockwell. Somebody, sometimes I feel like somebody's watching me. It's like, how does everyone know everything about my life because the whole world lives on social media. Moses said, God, you know everything about us. We need to know more about you. Help me understand. And God says, all right. Key question. How do we know about God? You, you said you wanted to know about him after I forced you to. So how, how, do we, how do we know about God? Moses says this, God, clearly, clearly you've designed us to live in relationship with you. God, I'm looking at the last year. You heard the people in Israel. You heard me in the wilderness. You did the plagues. You did the Red Sea thing. You've been feeding us. You've been keeping us alive. Clearly, there's some bigger purpose. We don't know what it is. Show it to us. Why? What is it? And God says, all right, I'll I'll show you. Now, I believe everyone in the world eventually has this question that Moses asked. Is there something bigger? If there's something bigger, why? Why are we here? Why are you here? What's the purpose of all? This is a big existential question. What what is the purpose of life? Moses asked God, and God says, "I'll, I'll tell you. Let me reveal myself to you. As we look into theology, we find that God reveals himself in two very dynamic ways. The first is general revelation. Everyone in the room has had general revelation in their life. God says, I will not hide myself from anybody in the world. In theology, general revelation comes from Romans 1.20, where it speaks of the things of God that everyone can see. 
And here's what Paul says to the church in Rome. He says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, they've been clearly seen being understood from what has been made, connect made to creation so that people are without excuse. God says you can't go through your whole life without ever looking around at the creation and having it touch your soul. What is general revelation? Have you ever seen a sunrise so beautiful that it's captured your heart? General revelation. There's got to be something bigger. Have you ever seen a sunset so beautiful? Have you ever experienced a storm so powerful that at that moment you knew you were very, very small in the universe and there must be a God who is very, very big? Have you ever looked at the stars on like just a perfectly crisp, clear night and thought, you know what? They're always in the exact same place. Everything seems so chaotic, but creation seems ordered. Have you ever looked at the flow of life in seasons? How, you know, if summer went on forever, we feel like we would all burn up, but it doesn't. How if winter went on forever, we feel like we would all freeze, but it doesn't. There's these changing seasons. Have you ever, at the end of winter, after it rains a couple times, been driving down the road and seen everything that was brown begin to turn green again, and it just feels good in your soul? That is general revelation. Have you ever been driving up to the snow-capped mountains of Colorado and when you come over that pass and the, and the mountains just kind of open up before you, you just you sense the feeling of awe? Have you ever stood on the ocean shore and looked out across the waves and just, just felt like there's something bigger in the universe? General revelation. Those are all pictures of general revelation. God says, I will prove to the world if they'll just open their eyes that there is somebody greater than them that exists. I will prove to the world through general revelation. And when I do that, when these communicate, there must be a God. God says, then I'll reveal myself further. Number two is special revelation. General revelation says, open your eyes to creation. You will see that there is a God. But special revelation begins to tell us who he is. Special revelation is when God divinely interrupts the course of history to reveal specific aspects of his nature, to reveal specific aspects of his plan. Special revelation moves from there must be a God to who is he. That's what Moses was asking for, specific revelation. I need more specifics of your plan, God. These are second level questions. First level question is there there must be a God. Second level question is if there is, what is what does he want with me? Special revelation. Special revelation moves from the sunrise that God created to the story that he's shaping in your life. Special revelation. It's when God divinely interrupts the course of history and steps in and says, you should know this about me. You say, what does that look like? Looks like lots of different things. When we begin to read about it biblically, if you look at the chart that's on your notes or maybe in your app notes, the chart that'll be on the TV um, next to me, when you, when you say, how does God break into history. There are hundreds of different ways, but as we look at scriptures, anytime God speaks to reveal who he is, it was through visions in Isaiah chapter six, through dreams in Daniel chapter two, through poetry in Psalm 139, through, through biography in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, through sermons in Matthew five through seven. He spoke face to face with the people in Deuteronomy five. He actually wrote on stone in Deuteronomy chapter 10 through miracles in John chapter six. He revealed special things about himself through parables. We've studied them all summer long, like Luke 15, through inner compulsion in Acts 21, where the spirit speaks to our heart directly through history in first and second chronicles, just relaying who God was and what he did through angels in Luke chapter one that tell the narrative of the Christmas story through historical research in Luke who says, I've heard about Christianity. I want to make sure it's true. So I'm going to go 
go do the work of a historian, and then mostly through Jesus Christ in John chapter 1. Special revelation is God saying, here's who I am. Here's how I love you. Here's my plan for your life. That's special revelation. And what we see in the Bible is special revelation. All of these methods and more combined over a 1,600-year period give us this, the Bible. The Bible. Bible is an interesting word. You know the word Bible actually comes from the ancient Phoenician city of Byblos where scrolls and parchment were made and housed. Literally, it was a city that held the libraries of the world. The word Bible most correctly translates library, not book. Like what you hold in your hands from Genesis to Revelation is not really a book. It's a library of 66 books. But it's really more, it's more than a book. It's more than a library of books. What the Bible is, is really a collection of God's special revelation to humanity about himself. God says the sunrise should make you think there's a God. This will tell you who he is. You know, another form of of general revelation that I haven't mentioned yet in any of our services, when somebody close to you dies, general revelation, because you know what your heart says? That shouldn't happen. Why does our heart say that? Hey, everybody dies. Why does our heart still feel it's wrong if there's not a God who created us to live for more? General revelation. God says, seek out the things that make you wonder because there's a collection of my special revelation that will tell you who I am. One of my professors in Bible college and later seminary was Dr. Elmer Towns. In his book on the Bible, he says, the Bible is mainly a record of what God has done with the greatest self-revelation of God being the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Truth number one, the Bible is God's revealing of himself and his plan. It is an answer to a question. The question was great, by the way. It's an answer to a question. Moses was asking God these questions. God, give me the reasons behind your love for us. Why us? God, give us the reasons for your pursuit of us. Why us? God, give us the reasons of your rescue for us. Why us? God, give us the purpose for us getting a promised land. God, why us? And God says, okay, take out your pen. And the special revelation of scripture was the response to that question. Now, while God has finished writing the response in the canon of scripture. I'll teach in week three about why we believe the 66 books are are all there are of the inspired truth of God. While God's finished writing the library, he's not finished writing the story because general revelation still speaks. I mean, you've been overwhelmed by a beautiful sunrise, beautiful sunset, the mountains, the ocean. I mean, general revelation still says to our heart, there's a God, a friend dies and we still say something is broken i got to find out what it is. General revelation still speaks. Special revelation still speaks. God's still writing his story. You say, why? Here's the question. Here's what you need to understand. Moses says, why us? All of us, those of you who are here, those of you watching online, those of you in our video teaching service, every Christian should get to the point where they ask this. Why me? Why does God pursue me? God says, because I love you. Why God rescue me? God says, because I see what you can be when you're truly transformed spiritually. God, why do you have a purpose for me and a promise for me? God says, because I want to bless the whole world and you you can be a part of that. See, the Bible is not Moses' story, it's, it's our story. 
It's God revealing himself and his plan to us. Truth number two, the Bible is God's invitation to live in relationship with him. This is the key to the entire series. We're going to learn a lot of facts and figures. We're going to learn how to answer some questions. But ultimately, we're going to see that the Bible is God's invitation to live in relationship with him. The thought we're pursuing goes something like this. If there's a God who created people to live in relationship with him, he wouldn't hide from them. He would reveal himself. How would he do that? How would he get their attention? And then how would he tell them, here's how to live in relationship with me? We believe general revelation gets attention. Special revelation gives direction. That's, that's what Christianity believes. If you didn't know that... Now you know that's what Christianity believes. But once God had his attention, Moses was saying, tell me more how to stay close to you. See, Moses' main question wasn't prove to me that you're real. It was prove to me. Listen really closely. Moses' main question wasn't prove to me that you're real. It was prove to me that you're close. Got it? Moses' question wasn't prove that you're real. It was prove that you're not going to leave us. Prove to me that we can stay close to you. The Bible becomes God's invitation to live in relationship with him. Look at what Moses asked God in Exodus 33, verses 14 through 17. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. I'll give you rest. But that wasn't enough. Moses like, no, you, you, like, you need to understand if your presence doesn't go with us. Don't send us up from here. How's anyone going to know that you're pleased with me? How's anyone going to know that you're pleased with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Moses said, hey, I believe in you, but I need to believe you're going to be close to me. You see, for Moses, this is really clear in Exodus 33, for Moses, God's special revelation of scripture was more about relational intimacy than religious information. And, and all of us in this series are, are going to get religious information. We're going we're gonna to learn how to answer questions. Maybe our questions, maybe someone else's questions. But for Moses, he didn't say he needed spiritual revelation so that he could prove something to people. He said, I need it for me so it will help me understand that you're going to stay close to me. Moses had actually gotten 40 days of spiritual information on the mountain when they made the gold calf. He had all the information he needed. He just needed to know now God was going to stick with him and the people. For Moses, special revelation, more about intimacy than information. Moses is asking, how can I know for sure? God, how can I know for sure we're going to be close? How can I know for sure you're not going to leave me? That is the goal of this series. How can we, how can we know the Bible came from God? Not so we can prove it, but so that we can believe it. And by believing it, stay close to God. See, today's Christians possess an abundance of information, but an inadequate amount of intimacy. Y'all know that, right? Especially in our country. Today's Christians, we have an abundance of information. We have all, all that we need to know about the Bible, but we've got an inadequate amount of intimacy. Here, here's, here's how I believe we, we can show that. Do you believe? Let's think about it for, Let's think about our world for a minute. Do you, do you believe, yes or no? that people in our world feel really close to God, yes or no? No. No, I don't either. I would go a step further and say, I don't know that everyone in the church feels really close to God. Is it because we believe he's hiding from us? Are we not close to him because we can't find him? Do we think he's playing some cosmic game of hide and seek? 
Yes or no? Mm -mm. See, we've got all the information we need, but we lack in intimacy. Think about these facts for a minute. 25 million new copies of the Bible are sold annually. We got lots of information. This one surprised me. 80% of Americans actually believe the Bible is the word of God. They believe like this is a divinely inspired book. Most American households own three to 10 Bibles. Some of you are just starting out. You're at three. Some of you own way more than 10. You're not even sure where most of them are. And that's okay as long as you got one good one that you can use. But here's, here's where we're on information overload and an intimacy drain. 42% of American Christians say they're too busy to read the Bible. Christians today are basically communicating this message. I believe the Bible's the place where you find God. I just don't have time for that. Many, many of you would communicate this message because your life is crazy busy. I believe the Bible's the place where you find out about God. I just don't have time for that. I know where the information is if I need it, but I just don't have time for it right now. God information lack intimacy. Legendary author, author Mark Twain says that a classic in literature is a book that everybody praises but nobody reads. Is it possible that, that that's how Christians describe the Bible? It's just an unbelievable book. I mean, I don't read it, but it's a classic. I just don't have time to read it. For Moses, God's revelation was about intimacy, not information. Did y'all look at the calendar yet today? Anybody know what four months from today is? It's Christmas. That's right. It's Christmas. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Come quickly. It's Christmas. I love Christmas. I live for Christmas. I love Christmas. It's too early to play Christmas songs on the radio. It's not too early to sing them in your heart. I mean, you can at this point, four months in, you just put a little song in your I mean, I love Christmas. And it's funny because the Christmas story is a picture of everything I just taught you. For those of you who grew up around church, for those of you who have celebrated Christmas, for those of you who have been in the Christmas pageant, part of the Christmas story is, is, is this message. Watch how this works. Remember the story of the wise men, the magi, the camels, the turbans, gold, frankincense, myrrh, the gifts. Y'all, y'all remember that? Are you tracking with me? Remember that story? They come from a, the far east to seek the king of the Jews. Who were they? These were basically the scholars in the Arab world. They had remained from the Persian empire that Daniel was a part of. And when you study about these magi in ancient history, they were a group of people who were fascinated with the supernatural. They were people who, because they looked around the world, believed the world was bigger than what could be seen, felt, and touched. They believed in the supernatural. So they studied deeply all of the religions of the world because general revelation told them there's more. So they said, let's find it. And they they became experts in every religion of the world. They became experts in special revelation. They said, if any religion has a text, we want to study it. Because if there's a God, we want to know he's he's a general revelation leads to special revelation. And one of the religions they studied was, was the Jewishness of the people of Israel who lived in their country. And they read a prophecy in the special revelation that said, when the real savior of the world came, a light was shining Galilee. A light would come out of Galilee. So part of their world of studying general revelation was to look to the skies to see when God might communicate in special revelation. And if you've read the Christmas story, 
What appeared in the sky over Israel when Jesus was born? A light. In general revelation that had led them to study special revelation became a sign in the sky. And they said, let's go check it out. Because we know there's a God. We're trying to figure out who he is. We're trying to figure out which one to follow. So they follow the star all the way to Jerusalem. They get in Jerusalem and say, we are from the east. We've studied your text. We studied special revelation that you say came from God. God said, if this would happen, there'd be a star. We saw the star was the king of the Jews born. And they said, we don't think so. But if it would have happened, it would have happened in Bethlehem. You should check there. And they go to Bethlehem and they walk into Bethlehem. And who do they find? Okay, we're, I don't want to have to tell the story all over again. Like, I'm sure one of you knows the answer to that question. I pray in the teaching service, like, like in the video teaching service, like you all are like shouting the answer. I don't want to give it away here in case it's a surprise. Just back the story up. They get to Jerusalem. Is he here? No, if he is going to be here, he's going to be in Bethlehem. They get to Bethlehem and they find, they find Jesus. Holy cow, it wasn't that hard. Christian is still four months to Christmas. You, don't, you can talk about Jesus at times other than Christmas. General revelation. We know there's a God. Special revelation. Let's study all the texts of the world and find him. By the way, if you're not a Christian, you say, I'm not a Christian, um, but I want to see if Jesus is true. Start doing this. Study every major world religion. Study all of them. Because I believe the only place you find the Savior is at the end of Christianity. But study all of them. Be the wise man. Seek the special revelation, but then make sure you get not to the manger, but to the cross. Because there you will find Jesus just like they did. And in Jesus, you will find intimacy with the God of creation, the God of the universe, with the God who created you to live in very personal, intimate relationship with him. And the next five weeks are going to be unbelievable. But we're always going to push you back towards the important thing about trusting the Bible is Jesus. And if you don't trust Jesus, I want to challenge you. Start today. Start today. Would you pray with me this morning? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this room, all over our video teaching service. God, we thank you that you know us and that you want us to know you. We thank you that you rescued us from a life of serving and living for things that did not give life for things that were not eternal. And you called us to serve you and live for you. God, thank you that you designed us for a purpose to make a difference. And thank you that you wrote it all down in this library of books that we call the Bible so that it could show us how to find the life of Jesus and the life that he offers. If you're here today and you need to see God more clearly, ask him and then seek him this week in the Bible. Open the book of Luke and begin to read God's special revelation to you about Jesus. If you need to experience his glory, you say, I want to feel him more strongly. Come pray with us this week, starting tomorrow at 6 a.m. Make Jesus matter in your life, and you'll feel his glory. God, help us to know you. Teach us to pursue you. Thank you for what you taught us today and what you're going to teach us in the next few weeks. We love you. And God, we ask these things in Jesus' name today. And everyone said, amen. amen.